This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Another edition of the IOS podcast. What do you think of that, Jack? Did that work? Theo. Whoa. Uh, it feels like a little bit too much for he's not even, there's not even one credible source that Theo's coming. I would go so far as to say I think it is highly, highly unlikely he comes here, but Theo! Yeah, yeah. But, but let us just say this. If there ever is a Theo Epstein is a is the Philadelphia Phillies president of baseball operations slash probably have to be partial owner. Um, that's the type of reaction the Phillies could get. So, I mean, it's really this is on the Phillies now. I mean, do they want us singing Theo to the to the Lido shuffle um, by by boss gags? Yeah. Do they want James coming out and saying instead of yo, it's just Theo. Yeah, that's I mean, what it is, would be for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like, do they want this level of excitement when it's coming around to their baseball team? I would think so. I mean, it Remains like that would be to be good seen, business. Jack. Remains yeah. to be seen. Right. So, listen, if they if they want that kind of reaction, that was a little bit what we call in the biz a sneak peek. So, all right, let's just go right into it. We can talk about uh, my Yeah, I mean, what later. else do you want to talk about? Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to really my, break my down? Wallet. Like, do you want to break my down like, the, the Rule 5 protections? Just my wallet. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not o- you're not over this wallet thing, are you? You're n- all right. Can you just can you just tell before we get to Theo, just talk about the wallet situation so we get because you're not even close to being over it, and I just want everyone to clear the air and everyone to understand well, that me and James are going through a rough patch right now. No, we're all good. I actually have completely forgiven Jack. I just want to give him some crap for it because I left my wallet at work today, and I didn't know I left my wallet at work today. So I came home and I find out my wallet's not there. And anyone who's had that experience knows. It's terrifying, and you're sick to your stomach, and you're like, oh, my God, all my credit cards, my cash, my license, this whole, my insurance card, all this stuff. And I called Jack, and I'm thinking, okay, like, where have I been? I was, I was in the studio you for called, like two no, hours. No, you, you called the person that you trusted the most. <laughs> I did. I called Jack, and I said, Jack, you're there. I trust you. You're my dude, my guy, my best friend here. Like, can you take a look in the studio? directly across the hall from your studio just to see if maybe I dropped my wallet there. And Jack goes, puts me, you know, he's kind of like talking and he's doing his job. To be fair, Jack was producing his show. And I hear him, you know, doing stuff forever. And he like comes back on and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't see it. And I'm like, you know, bleep is basically what I'm doing. And I cancel a couple credit cards. You know, I, I put the ones on hold that I could put on hold and I hop in my car, and I'm like, all right, well, I got to go check the station. Maybe it fell out somewhere else or whatever. I go to the station, and where's my wallet, Jack? Was it in the studio? It was in the studio that I asked you to ask. But 
You seemed contrite and actually felt bad, so I have forgiven you, and we are best friends again. But I, I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Yeah, and let's just go to my side of the story. Uh, oh, you now, have a side of James, the story that differs? Yeah, so my oh, side God. of the story is, well, I mean, if you know anything about James, I mean, it goes from zero to frantic in in point zero five seconds. Can't argue so, with that. <laughs> so Quick trigger, first, as they say. First off, first off, we're in the middle commercial free, which is which is you know we're on the air for the next we say a whole hour, um, not even close to it, more like a half hour, um, <laughs> and and I get a frantic call in the middle of at four fifty eight. I was about to do the ID, but I set something up. Uh, I'm trying to take phone calls. And I, I, it's always, it's never good to leave the studio in the middle of a segment because you're worried about someone cursing and something go wrong and then you'd be fired. And I, I would just like to say that I went physically into the other studio, didn't think to check on the ground, didn't know you left your wallet <laughs> on the ground. I so, fell out of my pocket. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's more of a you problem. And oh, um, I would also like to say, in my defense, it feels like you were trying to get me fired. You know, if if oh, something really? went wrong. Okay, it's so quick, quick question, quick question. Do your hosts have a dump button? Yeah, but John was oh, at home. Oh, okay. So is is Ike? Yeah, Ike, a ten-year radio veteran. Is he? Uh, is he capable of uh, of hitting the dump button if needed? No, he's not. No, That's why okay. I have to be there. Okay. So, okay. 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 Uh, yeah. So you know, it was. It, listen, there was a, a big miscommunication. Okay. On both sides. Here, here's how I'll take it. I could have handled it if I were there, so I'll just go with I'm a better producer with you than you, and that'll be my takeaway from this. Is that fair? If that if that hey if that helps you sleep <laughs> at night and get up tomorrow morning, then then go for it. <laughs> no, it's all good. I was I was, there was like a, a ten minute window where I was like, "Damn it, Jack! I'm so annoyed with you." And then I cooled down, and then you texted apologizing, and I was like, you know what? You said it wasn't worth breaking up the High Hopes episode. <laughs> I, I thought about it. I was ever. like, you know what? We might have done our last High Hopes. No, I'm but, that but, angry but if you, this. But if you had to replace me on High Hopes, who was your first choice? Babe? Oh, what a great... I'm trying to think. Wow, hmm. I can't believe you even thought about this. Hmm. Uh, well, I was trying to think of what answer could annoy you the most. I was like... Uh, <laughs> You know, like someone else named Jack, I feel like would do something like, to you. Oh, you're gonna put or, Keffer on here? Yeah, like, like Jack Keffer, that would be a good replacement. Uh, I, I would just try to think of who would be the most annoying to you, and that would be my answer. Well, the answer would be John Middleton, but I don't think, I don't think you could have him host this podcast with you. We can get Clentac to do it. I mean, he should be free soon, right? Yeah, he's not that free. Andy McPhail, he's... you think he can figure out the technology? No, Andy McPhail. <laughs> Andy McPhail's such a dumb, like a dumb person that he wouldn't understand how to work Zoom. I, I'm shocked he was able to even be on that Zoom. Oh, call. someone definitely said that. He's like grandkids set it up for him or something. Like yeah, yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, he seems like a big uh, Zoom with the grandkids guy. Oh um, yeah, buddy. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, from his Maryland so, home. So anyway, so anyway. The le- the takeaway is we're good. We're good. Hey, hey, I, let me just say this. I uprooted from my studio to go to the other studio. <laughs> All right, let's talk I- Thea. Let's talk <laughs> Thea. Let's get into this here. Um, so obviously, like the Theo news breaks that he's stepping down with the Cubs, and we're all losing it. And I did. No, know, I did sprint. I did sprint into your studio. You totally that. did. I went on the air with it. It was it was awesome. 
Um, but now that you've had a few days to think about it, to talk to people, to get some information, whatever, where are you at with this? Uh, I listen, I, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I of felt course. like a joke. What else would you do to the IOPS listeners? Like that's I know. our policy. I know, I know. I I felt a jolt of life. I really did. I felt like a jolt of it's like it was like the paddles. You're you're yeah. laying there, heart's not beating, and someone comes up, the paddles right in there, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, and honestly, like we needed Uma it. Like Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction with the shot in the chest. Was she named today, by the way, in your side? Uh, she was side not. Topic? Good point, Jack. She was outstanding in that movie. I mean, in, yeah, in she, multiple she, movies. Damn Good near made me. the movie. Um, Good work there. Work. Yeah, honestly, I, th- I thought it was going to be your answer. I was a little disappointed it was not. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, dude, it literally because because it just it, it feels it feels very Sixers and Maury ish. And I, I know I tweeted that at the time, but like it was it's the classic perfect. It was like the, the Theo Epstein becoming available at this time. Is is like you're on the Titanic, right? Then the Phillies are the Titanic, and you oh, hit the. Oh, buddy, ice. this is a perfect analogy. I'm yeah, feeling it's like, you. I'm feeling like you right now. <laughs> the Phillies are the Titanic. Yep, just in. totally just, see it. I'm with you. Just speeding down. towards that iceberg. Like that iceberg is is full steam ahead. <laughs> Led like Andy McPhail's the ship captain. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah, going right at it. Yeah, yeah, and they just crushed the iceberg, and the unsinkable ship, aka the sleeping giant that is the Philadelphia Phillies, crushes the iceberg, just water everywhere, and what happens? There's a lifeboat. There's a there's a lifeboat that you can just jump on, and you can survive, and that is Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein is the lifeboat. <laughs> to the Titanic for this Philadelphia Phillies organization. And like, I, I understand, I understand that he's not a Philly yet, but, um, but in my mind, the Epstein's already the Phillies president. Like, I don't care. I've been so dead inside. And I know that, you know, I've had some Theo takes in the past and I, mm-hmm. I would like them fully scrubbed from the internet. <laughs> I feel um, like we've been here before. I feel yeah. like we've been here before with you. Yeah, first it was Girardi, whatever. Um, he, he, it's just such, it's such a lifeboat. You know, Middleton, I don't think knows what he's doing. Obviously, uh, I think yeah. The, take the, the I don't think out. Let's just say Middleton doesn't know what he's doing. Right. So, so Middleton doesn't know what he's doing. Like even even the dumbest owner in sports, like AKA Josh Harris, could could figure out that Theo Epstein makes your baseball team better. Like he just does. Um, I mean, let let's real quick. I don't think I can let you do that. Josh Harris is a better owner than John Middleton right now. He has to earn that back. We cannot no. rip Josh Harris like that. So no, I I agree, you know? but I, I still think I still think he's like a dumb sports owner, and he yes, saw a guy he, like, he saw clearly he saw a, a guy bright like, guy, but not a a smart sports owner. I agree. Right, and he saw a guy like like Daryl Moore become available. Saw a guy like Doc Rivers become available, and he's like, and "Oh, all it's going to cost me is money." Sure, no problem. Here's the money. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do oh, it. Just, and, just like, money. Cool. That's great. Terrific. Oh, I, don't I, don't have to, th- I don't have to do anything. I don't, I don't have to, worry have to about hear like, these Philly fans complain and and bitch. And I, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy. Sure. Let's go. He's the best. I want the best. Give me the best. How much? Ten million a year? No problem. That's easy. No problem. Exactly. So it, it's it's literally just such a godsend, and, and you know, then they're they're leaking to to Stark and whatnot about 
how they want a Joe Girardi type to be in their front office, a guy who's won before and and all of that. And, you know, they, they are they, they have moved towards the, you know, analytics data, player development side stuff. So like Theo's the perfect kind of mix of that stuff. I think Theo's still a smart guy. You know, I, I think that he's been passed by guys like Eric Neander and Andrew Friedman, um, and even Hyam, I think, has passed them. And Chernoff. Um, Chernoff, yes, all those guys. Uh, but Theo's still, like, an elite executive in this game. And any time – I mean, listen, he's he's still only 46. He yeah. He's erased 200 years' worth of curses. Um, and, and, I, and, and I do think that a, a new challenge presents – you know, uh, motivate not just motivation, but um, a breath of fresh air for people. You know, I think that even if he's gotten a little stale, I think a new challenge could invigorate him, so to speak. Right, and ultimately, he he's a guy that wants to be surrounded by smart people, and he believes in the data. And I think that's all that matters. You know, like like I see a lot of the a lot of the beat guys and and whatnot. Whenever they're brought on or they're talking about the Phillies, they're like, oh, you know, the name like Brian Sabian, and like. In 2015, Brian Sabian's like a great idea, but you're not, you're not catching the Dodgers, you're not catching the Rays, you're not catching these advanced teams by hiring Brian Sabian. Like I, I'm so sorry to everyone that wants the old school scouting game back, but it's not coming back. Like if anything, it's going more in the direction of the Rays and Dodgers and 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 teams like that. Like you're not you're not catching those teams by 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 going back to the old school way of thinking. And yeah, Brian Sabian was a, was a great architect of teams. Oh, Hall of Famer. Emer- he's a Hall of yeah. Famer. I mean, yeah, he will exactly. be. He should be. He was. He's he's a Hall of Fame exec. I mean, three time World Series champion. And 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 in 2015, that's a great hire. You know, but the game's changed so much. Like. Even hiring Pat Gillick today would be stupid. Like, and Pat Gillick's one of the one of the best executives of all time. Of literally, um, literally, yeah. Like, of like, I would put him top five potentially of all time. Like, certainly top ten without question. And I totally agree. It's just that it's just that the game is is just moved in such a direction where those guys are dinosaurs, and if you don't get, if you don't hop on board, then you're going to be left behind. And Theo, while I think he's not as ahead of the curve as he was like he was like the, the, the Cubs pitching lab um, in circles of baseball. I mean, it was starting to become a real thing. I mean, just get guys in the Cubs pitching lab and, and let's ride. And, and Theo understood the importance of player development and stuff like that. And like there's, and I feel like it's, it's mostly my fault, James, you would, you would agree that it's mostly my fault that people, yeah, are I don't even Theo. know what you're going to say, but I'm just going to say, yes, I agree. Yeah, because there, as soon as the Theo news came out, it was like, oh, I don't know. He's overrated. He hasn't really well, done anything. This is people's fault for listening to you instead of me, who's sitting here for years saying Theo's the greatest executive in the history of sports, the greatest achievement in the history of my lifetime sports-wise. And you're like, I don't like him. And everyone's like, oh, he stinks. Yeah, people listen to you. That's what it is, Jack. Maybe they'll well, learn. Maybe I'm pretty they'll learn. Maybe pretty persuasive. Maybe pretty learn. persuasive. Um, but no, like, and listen, I do think Theo has gotten a bit overrated. Like, I think he's in a in a sense he has gotten overrated. It's just that for me, when it comes down to Theo or the other names we've heard, it's like, please God, just send me Theo. You know, it doesn't seem like Neander's gonna happen. He's twenty years younger than the other names, and like you know, know. we're talking about time. It's crazy. And he's not even Andy McPhail's friend, which is a problem because he's well, not gonna yeah, be even recognized. He's not going to be recommended to to John Middleton, but like you see the Sabians and the Colettis and and, and the, like the um, Jim uh, Hendrys. 
Dan Duquette. Dan Duquette. No. And I love and I love Scott Lauber. Like I I I genuinely love Scott Lauber. But like Dan Duquette, if they hire Dan Duquette, we're becoming a raised podcast. Like we're we're out. I'm not I'm not dealing with Dan Duquette. Uh, no. Tribe talk. We're talking Indians. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes. But um like when when it comes to those names or Theo, it's like, dude, just give Theo whatever it takes, and let's hope he let's hope he continues to figure it out. Because it, it doesn't seem like Neander's going to happen. Churn off, although I mean, you saw today about. Yeah, uh, um, I, I can't do it. We're, we're yeah, trying to but, be positive. Uh, We've done a bunch of sad pods. This is at least there's some positivity here. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, I mean, I mean at least look, glimmer. the last time we talked, they weren't even searching for GM. So like, yay! All right. Yeah. Two things. Uh, it's it, Cohen uh, shut it down on Twitter, but I don't fully believe it. Ah, it means nothing um, to me. Yeah, it means nothing to me. And and two, it's like, like look, Chernoff <laughs> hasn't your- left yet, and he's had every opportunity he could possibly have. He's from New York. His dad works at WIP. You know, at at Intercom. Like he's a legend in radio. Well, like, he doesn't work at WIP. He works at WFN. Uh, excuse me, WFN. Jesus, Jack, what am I doing? WFN. Thank you. Um, is a legend. So, like, he does have the ties and the connections, but he hasn't left yet. So, I mean, that does say something. Um, definitely. Uh, it's it's definite. And uh, like, it's just so funny. Why did the Phillies all of a sudden decide to start <laughs> ramping up their GM search? Like, because they were make- tired of people making fun of them. Sadly, that's the reason. It's the only thing that makes any sense. They saw eight trillion uproot in the middle of pandemic jokes, and they were like. Saw the Angels go out and get, you know, the Braves number two, a smart guy. They they're like, you know, all right. We thought we thought people would buy this. Like we thought this this would be okay. And it's like, oh, we were wrong clearly, and we've been proven wrong, and we can't do this because we look like fools. You know, I think that's what it was. I mean, again, like you said, the Buster Olney article we read last time, and people calling him simple minded around the league. Like, you know, I think that I, I look. John Middleton has shown that he will listen, you know, for better or worse. Like he will at least, he at least hears what's out there and is influenced by what's out there. I mean, they've been a joke for a few weeks now. So I think they probably saw what a joke they were and they were like, all right, well, I guess we, you know, can't do this. Like this is not being received the way we thought it would because we were stupid to think it would be. You know what I mean? There's one big, uh, ah, damn, they caught us. They, they got us again. They figured <laughs> it out. But, Look, I, I think all your points about Theo, I, I think regardless of, of the fact that maybe he's not the top executive in the sport anymore, he's still an insanely smart man who knows how to run organizations, has three World Series under his belt by the age of 46, and obviously including ending the two longest streaks of our lifetime in baseball. And, you know, he's a guy who knows how it works and knows how to run a team. And like you said, wants smart people around him is going to put smart people in positions of power and is going to listen to smart people. And I think that's all huge stuff. Um, I think that in the situation the Phillies are in, he's it. Like, especially from what Middleton and McPhail have done and what we were just kind of talking about with the uproot and the pandemic thing and the you know, the kind of laughing stock that the Phillies have become particularly here in Philadelphia, but also nationally, as Buster Olney pointed out and what teams around the league are saying about them. Like, and I, I've said this multiple times, and, and obviously it's it's not rocket science, but, but again, like Theo Epstein is the one single solitary move that changes everything. Like it completely and totally flips the narrative about your team nationally, 
locally, like there is no other move that John Middleton can make. Like he can flip us. Like Thad Levine, let's go. We're in. We're ready to roll. We're with you, John. Let's. But like Thad Levine's not getting the city on board. Thad Levine's not getting. I mean, some national writers and stuff, but like. You know, people aren't, like, losing their minds. Like, Theo is the kind of move where, from a optics perspective, which clearly John Middleton cares about, again, Todd Zalecki's friggin' poll. Like, um, I, I think that Theo's the one move he can make in an instant. And like that, it everything changes. All of it. Every little bit of it. So, I think they're interested. Here's my thing, Jack. And we sit here and, on Thursday, the night of Thursday, November 19th. Like, um... Personally, and I'm not, I think that the Phillies will make a run at the, I think they'll take a shot. I just don't see what the Phillies offer Theo that he's leaving, stepping down from another organization. I think that like, first and foremost, I think he wants to be in our, so I will say off the top, I don't think there is any chance in hell, in anything that Theo is coming here unless they give him ownership percentage. Like, that's the only chance he's coming here. But my best guess of what Theo wants to do and reading the tea leaves and having a couple buddies who work in the hedge fund world and all that type of stuff, I think he wants to front an ownership group. And I know people have said that. I think he wants to front, be the front man of his own ownership group. And I think he wants to either go buy a team like the Rays or start an expansion franchise, which we know baseball has been thinking about and talking about. I think he wants to buy the Rays and move them to Nashville, buy the Rays and move them to Mexico, or do something like flat out just start an expansion franchise. But like, I would love Theo here. I think the Phillies should offer him ownership stock and do everything they can, and maybe that could work. I mean, it is a big market and it's a new challenge, but... I just feel like Theo, after leaving the Cubs, after doing what he's done for so long, after ending the Cubs curse, ending the Red Sox curse, and then ending the freaking Cubs curse, like it's like, I mean, as much as we're losing his franchise of all time and all that, like he comes to Philly, we just won the World Series in 08. It's not like, it's not like he's coming and and totally changing this dynamic thing. Like so, unless Middleton's willing to give him a, a significant portion of ownership stock, ownership percentage. I think Theo is legitimately taking a year off, and I think he's coming back next year to try and buy a franchise if I had to bet. I'm not going to let you get me down. Um, <laughs> I've already said I think he's going to be the Phillies president, and I don't care what you say. Do you, and do ultimately, you know, like, legitimately? Do you, like, you, what would the odds be? Like, in your mind, um, where are the odds? In my, in my mind, like 10%. I think, I yeah. think it's about okay. 10%. So, so yeah, I would, I would even, probably it, go five, but like same general range. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that might even be high, but ultimately it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to money and whether or not he, that they want to pony up and pay whatever it takes to get Theo here. And, and oh, that's still like, I still think money talks and I understand about owning a team and then wanting to start a franchise and all that fun stuff. But like at the same time, Sure, that'd be that'd be a new challenge and whatnot, and buying the Rays and and doing whatever and moving them around. That's that's great, that's great. But it also sounds like a a, a ton of work. Why not come to Philadelphia and we'll give you some ownership stock? You can have say in that. You can oversee everything. We're already a, a well functioning franchise with a big mark with a big budget, uh-huh. and you and you can hire guys underneath you to do the things, and you can kind of oversee them, like. 
it's not even that I need Theo for the day to day. I need Theo for the overseeing, like the big picture stuff, the big picture of course, stuff. So of course, and, and honestly, like you know, there, there's so much, there's there, of course all the Mets fans are like, oh, Stevie's gonna pay whatever it takes and all this stuff. Like, I don't think he's going to the Mets. I, I really, I I don't think there's any chance he goes to the Mets actually because. Like the the Steve Cohen's not giving up ownership stock to have Theo come in, and they already have a president of baseball operations. So, and I know Sandy's only there for a year or two or whatnot, but I, I it just doesn't it doesn't seem like a fit for me. With the Phillies, at least at least in their situation, they have a a couple owners um, that it, it would be it would kind of be easier to give up ownership stock rather than just have one singular owner and go from there. Um, so I don't know. I I just I've had this weird feeling about Theo for a while. I thought the timing was weird, and I thought it was like, why he's giving this up a year early? Maybe he has something else up his sleeve, and he may take a year off. But I don't know. Like I still I think that I think that if if they pony up and pay whatever it takes to bring Theo in here, I think he's gonna come and. I, I I understand the ownership stuff, but I, I still think that I think Middleton would give up a little bit of the ownership stock, like all that stuff, whatever. Because I think I know I know he's given us a lot of reason not to believe, but I think he wants to win, and I think that if he gets the right guy in here, I think he'll get out of the way, and not totally out of the way because he's already so in the way, but like, <laughs> Theo's. The, but but Theo's the guy, like Theo's the guy that he would get out of the way for. You know what I mean? Like I agree. Sam Hinkie, Sam Hinkie with the Sixers. It was like, yeah, it seems like he's doing the smart things. But as soon as they went one and twenty, it was like all of a sudden the the the, the everything's pulled. You know, with Maury, there's a little bit of leeway. Like he the, he can sell to ownership. I know what I'm doing here, and I'll make these moves and whatnot. Like that's how I feel about Theo. Theo's in the same kind of boat. Um. So yeah, I mean it, it's definitely a long shot. I, I get it, but I don't think it's a zero percent shot. And I I think I think that like, I don't know what other major market job becomes available outside of the Mets, which obviously is a dream destination for most front office executives right now. Um, but I, again, if he wants if, if he wants ownership stock, the Mets aren't it. And if it's not the Mets, then what is it? Is it? Do you really want to buy your own team and start from scratch? I don't know. I, that just that seems a little much for me. So um, I don't know. I'm not giving up hope. Uh, I think it would be amazing. I think it. And you you said this earlier. It really would just energize the fan base. And it's such a such a Middleton move. You know, it's Bryce two years ago. It's Girardi last year, and it would be Theo this year. The the three moves that can get everyone buzzing about the Phillies again. That's. So Middleton wants he wants he wants uh, things to sell tickets and and Theo would be the offseason thing this year that would sell tickets. Um, but I don't know. I, I I don't think it's a zero percent chance. I think they're going to be aggressive. I hope they're aggressive. And honestly, James, if if they're not aggressive, it's a it's a major problem. It's a it's a major problem. Yeah, a, a, a disaster. I mean. Like you said, I mean, you pointed out, and, and Daryl Morey is obviously a, a perfect comp because it's Philadelphia, so, like, it's very near and dear to what we're talking about in our hearts and all that, but, like, like people like that don't come available in the moment when you need that particular guy very often. I mean, it is rare, particularly in basketball. I mean, it is 
very rare for someone like that to become available in the way he did. And for the Sixers to have the need they did, and, and again, for it to be the type of move that completely and totally changes a franchise around on a dime. Like, like where one moment you're, you and your fan base are feeling rock bottom, and then the next moment it is everyone believes and you're all working towards a common goal. Like, it is that type of swing move. Like, it's crazy. And and the Phillies have that opportunity with Theo. Like, and, and he's even it to a, a – a, a, I don't think he's his anymore. I, you know, obviously what he's accomplished is more than Daryl Morey, but I think right in this moment I think Daryl Morey is probably better at his job than Theo is at his. But, but in terms of, like, cachet – and move as big a move as Daryl Morey was, Theo's like 10 times that. Again, like Theo is Theo is the greatest executive in the history of sports, potentially. Like certainly has the greatest achievements in the history of baseball for an executive. Like that's it in terms of what he was able to accomplish. And, and he is a name that everyone knows because he accomplished those two unaccomplishable things. Like, like, Again, like I, I know I said it before, but it's such a perfect way to put it. Is it's like the single one move that Middleton can make that completely and totally changes everything. Like everything. The, not just the future of your franchise, but how everyone thinks about you and your franchise in the moment immediately. Like John Middleton goes from a pariah to a hero like that. It's over. It's done. John Middleton's a hero. Like that's it, Jack. Like if, if he brings Theo in here, if he does what it takes, he's a hero. To your point, though, I wholeheartedly agree. Look, if he takes a big run at Theo, and we'll hear about it if that happens. You know we will. That's the way these things work. But if he takes a big run at Theo and Theo surfaces next year fronting an ownership group and you know what I've heard a little bit is is right, and it does make sense from a, a next step perspective, like you know Theo being the president of another team isn't new in a way, whereas – you know, fronting an ownership group and buying a team or starting a team would be a new challenge and all that stuff. But regardless of that, like if Middleton doesn't put it all on the table and say, Theo, you can have 10, 15 million a year, whatever it is, I'll give you 5% of the team, like whatever it is. Like if he does not make that type of superstar, top of the line, real deal offer, then you're right, Jack. Like, that's a disaster. And that is and it's unforgivable in a lot of ways. Which is the which would be the biggest the UFC an accomplishment? Breaking the Red Sox curse, breaking the Cubs curse, or making John Middleton look smart? Yeah, last the last latter third. You think so? Yeah. You think so? I mean the Cubs is only hundred and eight years of misery and the yeah. Red Sox was eighty six. I mean that's nothing. I mean, you know, compared to Middleton. I mean, right. Well, can we can we tell Theo? Can we tell Theo that they're the most losses in franchise history? Well, it's like, true in that sports. Maybe... Are, yeah, we're the losing his franchise in sports. That's something. Yeah, losing his franchise in sports history. The <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, can't figure out why like Theo. All right, like I know the Cubs, 108 years, but let's be real. The Bulls won six freaking championships in the 90s. We have two championships in 38 years here. 37 years here. Two, two in 37 years. I'm I'm 39 years old. I'm sorry. Yeah, two and 37. I'm 39 years old. Like I've seen two in my lifetime. Like granted, I was technically alive for the 86ers, but obviously it was one, you know, and a half or two or whatever, one and a half, like whatever. Like two championships in 39 years. Like 
bleep that, man. Like, that sucks. That stupid idiot kid in Boston with a stupid sign. I've seen 14 championships in my first 10 years alive. Whatever. It's like, screw you, kid. Screw you. I hate you. Get me Theo so I don't have to feel like that anymore. Is that fair? I think it's fair. I think I think if you <laughs> if do you want me to cut this and send it directly to Theo? You know, I, look. It, that, I mean, it's a, it's an impassioned argument. I mean, it's real. Yeah, and here's the thing, Theo. You helped make that kid's life come true. You know, it's true. You, you you created that, that, that kid. Like create those kids yeah. here, Theo. Think about that. Yeah, and and this city deserves it more than Boston. You know, yeah, we're their, way their better. Cute little run. We're way better than Boston. All right, let's be real. Boston sucks. It's a crappy city. I'm just being straight. It's super uptight. It's not that much fun. Boston sucks. You'd have a lot more fun here. We're way more passionate. And, like, yeah, you know, we're a little intense. But, like, it's it's all part of love. It's all part of love. It's all part of love. So, Theo, please. And John, extra please. Like, just... Just get, throw us a bone one time. Just one time, throw us a bone. Bring us, bring us Theo, and like, listen. If he wants to be an owner, let him be a part owner. Yeah. Don't go buy a new team. That sounds that sounds like a lot of work. You don't want to work that hard. Just, 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 just come here, be the president slash owner. Hire another smart guy under you. Let that guy smart hire another smart guy under him, and let's ride. Let's let's ride off into the sunset. Jack, I want to believe so bad. Like I want it. I want it to happen. So do I. So bad. So do I. I, Give me like, I don't ask for much, right? I mean, we we're only the most demanding Phillies podcast. (laughs) I know we only ask for stuff all the time, but not that often. But but it's really it's really a podcast that's just trying to 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 push the Phillies in the right direction. Like yes, I don't. I don't remember. We just want to be happy. Right, and I don't remember one malicious thing we've done with the Phillies when it comes to trying to 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 make the team better. All we've done is is point them in the right direction. Just please, just bring us bring us Theo, and and and, and don't 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 mess around with the, the Jim Hendry, Brian Sabian, Ned Colettis of the world. Like that's not gonna make us happy. That's not gonna. That's not gonna give us you. Give you the benefit of the doubt. That's not gonna do any of that. You want the benefit of the doubt? Hire a Theo Epstein. Pay whatever it takes to get Eric Neander. Bring in Thad Levine. Do that kind of stuff. Don't 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 bring these dinosaurs in here. I got I got no interest in dinosaurs. Okay, I got I I got no interest in the dinosaurs that won this decade. Like the, none of that matters. All that matters is the next step forward. And guess what? Brian Sabian, Ned Coletti, Jim Hendry, those names, they're not doing it. They're just not doing it. Just erase all fear of of not being a competitive franchise. Go get Theo. And let's just let's let's get this thing rolling, okay? That's my plea. That's my plea to the Phillies. Please. 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 I'm very with you, Jack. All right. Uh, what else you got? What else should we get into? Is there is there anything else besides Theo to talk about? Oh, dude. See, oh, by the way. Oh, listen. by the way. Jack and I made a uh, a decision uh, that we have not told the listeners. 
We are waiting right. until they hire somebody to do our yes. perfect offseason podcast because it's kind of ridiculous otherwise. So yes. until they hire someone, preferably Theo, we're waiting. So it will be coming. Right, Look, we got some time. Nothing's going to happen for a little while. But yeah, we're, nothing's going to happen forever. But um, I, I think the reason why we can wait is because we get also the judge, the, the, the front office hiring, you know, if it's Theo or Thad Levine, whatever, that kind of stuff. We got to start adjusting our boards you know we got well you yeah know, it depends that. on who they bring in and also let's be real who they hire will tell us something about how committed they are to you know winning baseball games and whatnot right too. right and if, if they hire a sabian coletti like we gotta start looking for the bargain bin dumbed hirings that they're dumb Wait, signings they would no, no 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 yeah no uh so if they hire sabian it's our perfect raise off season that we're doing right Yes, because yes, then we just the, pivot. Then we just pivot. Yeah. Raise pot. We start looking at we start looking at modern things like yeah. pitch design. Like oh, think about it. think about how many fun like low under the radar trades we could come up with. If we were raise pod. That'd be super fun. Oh, dude, if we signed Garrett Richards to a one year like eight million dollar deal and watching him blossom into a superstar under their mm-hmm. system, like yeah, stuff like that, just fun stuff. Um, James, uh. I, I hate to say that um, I'm disappointed in you, um, but I'm disappointed in you because... Oh, no. What are you disappointed in I know. Before? Because we're 37, 37 minutes into this podcast, and we have not discussed Caleb Cotham yet. Oh, um, that's actually really... You know what? I was so excited about Theo. That is... Uh, uh, you're right. I will, I will own this. Just like you did not own the wallet fiasco earlier, I will own this and say, my bad. Caleb, this is exciting. This is a look. I mean, it's been a, a, a crappy off season so far. This is like the one good thing the Phillies have done. Tell everyone yeah, why you I'm, love this guy. Oh, uh, and I'm so I'm so happy. I'm just I've been giddy ever since the news came out about Caleb Cotham. Um, Caleb Cotham, if you weren't going to go after the Scott Browns, you know, the big name pitching coaches out there. Like Cotham is the guy, and I I haven't, and this is why I'm extra mad at you. Um, I have not been able to talk about Caleb Cotham anywhere else, you know, on Twitter. In Twitter, you know, no one really cares, you know. But I feel like on on high hopes, I could just nerd out for a second. Like Caleb Cotham is such a perfect modern day hire, you know. You saw the you saw the the Yankees last year poach um, one of the Rays or not one of the Rays, one of the Indians minor league pitching guys and like yeah that was a smart move but he's ultimately is a minor league pitching development guy and whatnot like the 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 phillies poached a legitimate assistant major league pitching coach from the reds who if you're paying any attention to baseball they've turned into a bit of a pitching factory out there i mean it's it's it not only was it bauer this year but i mean over sunny gray i mean sunny gray alone is an unbelievable job they did with that guy getting him back on track. Um, you know, Amir Garrett's taking massive step forward. It's like it feels like the Reds are kind of that that next, you know, I don't want to say Rays, whatnot, Indians, whatnot, but they're like in that next tier. It seems like they always get the most out of the guys there. Luis Castillo, another Luis example. Castillo, of course, yeah. Uh the best. I, lo- I love Luis Castillo. But um 
And and and, and Caleb Coffin was the guy there that helped those guys break out. I mean, Trevor Bauer in his Cy Young acceptance speech mentioned how influential Caleb Coffin was. And the beauty of Caleb Coffin is, and I feel like I have to say his whole name. You know, like Caleb Coffin is one of those names you have to say the full name. Like for some reason, I feel like a lot of people say Carson Wentz. They don't say Carson or Wentz. It's always like Carson Wentz. You know, I, that's how I feel about Caleb Coffin. Anyway, um, he he uh, he's like the perfect blend of everything. He was good enough to make it to the major leagues. Obviously, wasn't good enough to you know make a big impact. But just making the major leagues is, is an accomplishment in and of itself. It's hilarious that he was in Girardi's bullpen in 2015. Um, and now Girardi's trusting him with his pitching staff. Um, but then also just the, the data and all that stuff, it's 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 really next level. And it's something that I don't think the Phillies have had. You know, I think they have it in the minor league system. We've talked a lot about the guys they have down there, but they haven't had it at the major league level. Um, but you're going from a guy who helped build a pitching program with Kyle Body of Driveline and, and Derek Johnson. And it's just like, those are the kind of pitching minds that you want to be around if you're looking for the next great guy. And the best part about the Caleb Cotham hiring is that it's going to lead to a top-down approach when it comes to pitching development and pitch design and all this stuff. And finally, and finally, it, it's going to be everyone on the same page rather than people pulling in different directions and, and, and saying, mm, no, I'm just going to use my eyes and, you know, stay back on your fastball. And like, that's, that's the main tip from the pitching coaches. Like it's actually, it's actually going to be using the data, using rap soda, using the cameras, using track man. And, and really, I think getting the most out of these pitchers, but I think he's going to have the also old school feel of, I was here. I understand what you guys are going through. Here are some things that I think can help. And it's not going to be Chris Young. I mean, Chris Young was a guy who was only numbers, didn't know how to translate it, didn't know how to incorporate mechanics and, and all that stuff and old school pitching things that these guys have come up with. Caleb's a guy that has done both. He is he has worked with major league pitchers. They trust him. Um, and I just it's such a it's such a home run hire and it's such a smart hire and it really gives me hope. It really gives me hope that they're not going to hire one of these dinosaurs because it's it's a, it's not an, a super out of the box hiring. It's something that I think progressive organizations do, um, and it just gives me gives me hope that that Middleton is going to go more in with the data and and more in with that kind of player development stuff and and invest in that rather than just going back to the old school way of of, of scouts and old school way of coaching and whatnot like it's it's time to go more in on analytics and data it's not time to back away it, it's not time to back away from that stuff when it comes to player development it's time to go more in and i i, I when it came out the other day from stark i think no stark and rosenthal that the twins were expecting the phillies to request permission to interview thad levine for the president's role it got me really excited because i think that's if you're not going to get Theo, you're not going to get Neander, you're not going to get Chernoff, you're not going to get Antonetti, you're not going to get Mark Shapiro, you're not going to get those kind of names. Like Levine, Levine is, is I think, just as good as those guys, but he seems like he's more available. And um, he would be a guy that would be a, a home run hire here. So I, I, I it gives me some hope that, that they're not just going to do away with the, you know, 
data is bad and get back to not playing with analytics and all that stuff. And it gives me hope that they're going to go more in. So it was, it was a massive hiring and uh, I've been pretty giddy about it ever since. Yeah. Look, uh, as I said last time, when we talked about the potential of it, um, just, I mean, Bauer shouting him out. And I don't ever remember a Cy Young winner shouting at his assistant pitching coach. Like that just doesn't happen that often, you know? And I thought that was notable and uh certainly your excitement over him is uh gets me excited over him and you know i will say i know you were the first person that i heard mention the name so you know big dog and all listen that. anytime anytime you want minor <laughs> anytime you you need you some kind of news who's the true big dog of philly's reporting i don't know maybe it's yeah Jack. yeah heard it here first okay look <laughs> um yeah so anytime, anytime, anytime you need the, the smallest bit of uh, Phillies news, I'm your guy. I, uh, that Levine would, would be amazing. Um, you know, I think that in terms of realistic options, I think he's probably the, the top one, I would say in terms of like, you know, obviously other than Theo, but uh, in terms of like really realistic, cause again, we, I said 5%, you said 10%. So like Theo is realistic in the sense that it's not out of the question, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm expecting it. That means realistic. Like if, if you go pay that guy and give him a president role and upgrade, like, I mean, that could happen. And he's a smart dude. He's done an amazing job in Minnesota. Um, so, you know, I think that the point is that at least this whole situation is pointing up compared to where it was the last time we spoke. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> last time we spoke was more Jim Hendry. Yeah, it was a lot of Jim Hendry talk, and Ugh. it seems like that's gone away. It seems like we haven't seen, you know, any more smoke around that. Thank God. Uh, what else you got? You got any take bag yes. stuff? Yeah. Um. Yes. Let's do this. So <laughs> it's prospect time. I know. I know you always love prospect. Oh. Time. Ah. Eh. I know. It does. Doesn't it just fire you up on like anything else that we talk Big about time. on this podcast? Well, listen, buddy. The uh, Baseball America prospect list came out, and there's there's nothing that gets me a little bit more excited than the the Baseball America prospect uh, top ten prospect list. So, um, number one was still Spencer Howard, which makes sense. He didn't fully uh, get his rookie eligibility uh, done yet. Number two was Mick Abel. I, w- I would have just, assumed it would be. Yeah. Oh, it makes me. It makes me so happy. I love start Nick. three. I, I've, I've already started thinking about Mick Abel's first playoff uh, start. Yeah, I'm, buddy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But don't worry. We're wait. only we're, really, we're only like four years in a TJ surgery away. Okay. You know, no worries. Why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, they all get it, man. I mean, it's gonna happen at some point, no, right? No, it's you very sad. It's very sad. You I mean, say that. Let's be real. Three was Bryson Stott. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, from from Baseball America, he's a solid all around player who doesn't have many holes in his game. That's just what he yeah, is. He's good he's at nice everything. Player. Um, Francisco Morales, number four, who is like apparently up to like two seventy, which is crazy. He's starting to really fill out, and um, I don't know. I I think Francisco Morales is going to be a stud. Now they have Rafael Marshawn five, which is like whatever. I mean, sure. No, I guess no. Stop. He's not the fifth. Stop. Best prospect. I'm I'm sorry. Stop. 
He hit one that home is, run. His, that in is his a whole serious indictment of this system. If he, if he is the yeah, but he's not really though. Like like Marshawn's not really the fifth. Best. Like I think Luis Garcia is a better prospect than him. I think Josuar Garcia is a better prospect than him. Him. I think Johan Rojas. So is the better big prospect point is him. it falls off a cliff a bit. Well, it does, but also like I think they're sleeping on. So Luis Garcia is six. Josuar is seven. Uh, eight is Simon. I Luziani, mean, Casey Martin is being criminally underrated here. My, my he is. Guy. He isn't, and, and and so is Mickey. But whatever. And, and nine is Johan Rojas. <laughs> I forgot about Mickey. I'm sorry, Mick. I didn't. I did you not. never would. Um, yours, yours is one true stand. Like, like at ten they have Nick Matten, who's like a who's like a Brock Holt type that he hopes is Brock Holt. Oh, like, come on, God, come on. All right. So the main on. point First is all, like Brian Barber get cracking. <laughs> he is. He I know. Is. Look, there's, there's no doubt about it. Let's go. But but it's uh. It's time to start uh, beefing up here. We need to beef up. Yeah, but at the same time, like, like first off, Luis Garcia and Yosuar are both better prospects than Rafael Marchand. I'm sorry, like it's just it's ridiculous. But whatever. I'm excited about the top three, and that's that's all I care about. Um, what would you think about if Theo is not going to be here as a commission uh, here as a uh, part owner? What do you think about Theo as commissioner? I mean. I think he'd be an amazing commissioner. I don't. I don't think that's the direction he wants to go. Maybe, um, but I don't think so. But I, I think he'd make a great commissioner. Look, I mean, right now we have the worst commissioner of our lifetime. So most names you would bring up, I would probably be positive about. But I mean, I think Theo would be a, a brilliant commissioner. Would you rather Theo as commissioner or me? Uh, it's a really that's a tough one, man. Um, I don't know. I need to think about it. <laughs> um, but the, but Theo Theo's quote was interesting the other day about like how he kind of takes blame <laughs> blame for where baseball. Is. I thought that was Did fascinating. You? That was a really yeah. a very introspective thing to say. And he's not he's not totally wrong. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just crazy. He's like, yeah, you know, it's pretty much you know my fault, and uh, you know we need we need to get more action in the game, which is which is what all of us baseball lovers say. We they, it needs more action in the game. It it can't just be the three outcomes that are that are defining the sport. I mean, there needs to be more action in the game, and that's that's how I feel too. So it was really that quote that I was like, man, this guy would be an awesome commissioner. He would be an amazing. I, I'm with you. I think he'd be an amazing, amazing commissioner, and he seems like a thoughtful guy. And um, it does seem like he actually wants to do good things on top of whatever he chooses to do next. So um, I think I, I would fully support it. And again, anybody but Manfred in reality. But Theo, I think, would be a, a high end choice. I just don't think he's going to want to do it. I would agree. Um, it is also Ryan Howard's birthday. Happy birthday, oh, big piece. Big piece. I mean, very underrated, or not underrated, underappreciated. Underappreciated, and uh, definitively, yeah. Just there was—I don't think there was—was was there a more fun time to be a Phillies fan than when Ryan Howard was hot? No, hot Ryan Howard was the best. The dude hit fifty-eight home runs in a year. All right, let's not let's not forget that fifty-eight. Like that's some bleep bleep type stuff right there i mean that's wild man like that's he was wild he was awesome he was super awesome yeah i mean he was he was three homers away from tying the 
actual all-time home run number, 61. <laughs> the only the only home run chase that actually counts. If you pass 62, you don't really if you pass 61, that, do you? I do really I do oh, really believe you don't that. think I don't, that that I, that guys who hit like I mean, how do you know Ryan Howard didn't? We have no idea. All of them could have. Like we have no idea. Like that is such on, a ridiculous I've looked at I could look I could look in Ryan Howard's eyes. That guy's not a steroid <laughs> steroid user. You never know. Wouldn't it, let's put it this way. Yeah, it I wouldn't shock me at all. If any of them did. I think I think there's a lot more use of that than than not, if I had to bet. But who knows? All I'm saying is that my home run gang hit sixty one okay. homers. And that's Roger Maddox. Okay. So that's a silly take, but sure. <laughs> sure. 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 Whatever. Hank I don't Aaron's care. still the all time home run champ. Yeah, okay, he is. cool, cool. Put your put fifty eight. Ryan Howard put your, almost put got. Put your that. head in the sand, big dog. Put your head in the sand. No one's, no one's better at putting their head in the sand. Than <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying to think if I could think of an example of where you piped up a steroid guy and then I could throw it in your face right now. I mean, you you do talk about Bonds like he's the best player I ever saw, but um, I know, I know he is, I know he is, but I do think. I just think 61 home runs is like – I honestly, it comes down to this. 73 is so unattainable. It's not even close. Like at least 61, there's a chance someone could get there. Uh, so you and, like the idea of I, it being gettable. Yeah, like I don't think 73 is gettable, and I think it got there in an artificial way. I, I well, think, it definitely did. I think 60 well, – and I think 61, at least someone would have a chance. Like it would just be more – like 73 is – or 74, I guess, is just – it's not possible. stupid. Yeah, right, it's dumb. It's not possible. Yeah. Sixty-one is like I mean, I mean, Stanton almost got there three years ago, four yes. years ago. So at least with sixty-one, it's like that's a that's an actual home run chase. So so I'm just laying out the take eventually for this is the real home run chase in two thousand two. It didn't really matter, you know. It's it's all set up. Um. Yeah. I look. I I like the idea of it of the actual record being more attainable and just for fun sake going with that, but. You know, 73 is the record. That's what it says in the record books. That's what I go with. Like, uh, there's no, you know, asterisk next to that, but the Dodgers World Series doesn't count, right? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly okay, right. Okay, sure. It's exactly yeah, right. Sure, sure, we don't even, dude, everyone was taking it back then. Buster only said, like, 90% of the league was taking it. Like, they were all on it. Bonds was just the best anyway. Whatever. The Dodgers won a 60-game sham of a season. <laughs> With like no, so they deserve an asterisk because no, of COVID and stuff. It was a the shame. Dodgers, the Dodgers don't get an asterisk. The, uh, the Dodgers get an asterisk, but but Bonds doesn't. I don't know. I got just, yes. just seeing where yes, your priorities are. That is lie. that is correct. The Dodgers get an asterisk, oh, but Bonds doesn't. So awful. That's that's so facts, awful. pal. Facts. I don't know if you could, I don't know if you could tell or not, but I have never taken a performance enhancing <laughs> <laughs> drug. Yeah, I can tell. You can tell. That's all I got. Oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Can you check your ground and see if my wallet's there? Is it laying around? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, just, I just I just saw I just saw it on the ground next to me and I decided not to text you and saying it's there. Oh, this is fun, buddy. Let's let's yeah. get Theo. Uh, seriously, I know it's a long shot, but John Middleton, open up your wallet. Open up the ownership stock. Do whatever the hell it takes to, to, to turn this thing around, man. Like, stop being a laughing stock and be a star. You could do that in one move.
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could. And just do it, man. Just do it, man. I like that. That's our uh, official high ups position. Hey, Middleton, just do it, man. He's Fritz. I'm Southworth. See you later.